This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, December the 7th. Coming up, you can find out what's being done to make sure homeless people aren't left out in the cold as temperatures drop across Kent. We've been speaking to the new man in charge of Kent Police and plenty more presents have been delivered across Kent as part of the Give a Gift appeal run by our sister radio station KMFM. But first today, a man who abused dozens of bodies in hospital mortuaries in Kent has been sentenced to an extra four years in prison. 68-year-old David Fuller from East Sussex had admitted 16 new charges. He's already serving two whole life sentences for the murders of two women in Tunbridge Wells in the 80s. Well, today the judge said he'd spend the rest of his mortal life behind bars while there was a shout of scum from the public gallery as he was led away. Fuller killed Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce, who were both in their 20s in 1987. He then went went on to work as an electrician in hospitals and used his job to access morgues where he abused corpses. He was finally arrested in 2020. The prosecutor said today that Fuller had abused the bodies of at least 101 women and girls, although the identities of 10 of the victims were unlikely to ever be known. Last week, it was revealed close family members of Fuller's victims are able to claim compensation for the psychiatric trauma. Next today, and with freezing Temperatures forecast for Kent. Work is underway to get homeless people off of the county's streets. A cold weather alert has been issued by health bosses from tonight until Monday. We're told it's because of an Arctic maritime air mass which is pushing icy weather across the whole of the UK. Now, councils have to provide emergency accommodation for rough sleepers when it gets this chilly. For an overview across the county, let's hear first from Chris Thomas, who's from Canterbury-based homelessness charity The weather's going to be really dangerous for anyone who's outside right now. Um, It's going to get so cold that it could be deadly. So we really, really need to get everyone inside as quickly as possible. What can be done to do that? Because we we saw during the pandemic a huge operation to get people off of the streets. But obviously this happens every single year. We always get the cold weather at winter and local authorities, from my understanding, but do correct me if I'm wrong, it's up to them to, to sort out provision and, and what they've got available. Is that right? Yes. So when, when it, the temperatures get to uh, below zero, local councils have to activate emergency measures to keep people safe. It's their responsibility to bring people inside into the warm and charities like Porchlight will we'll go out and we'll help them do that. We'll, we'll work with them to, to find people to bring them inside. And this is something that saves lives. As you said, during the pandemic, uh, the government allowed us to bring everyone inside. And I think that goes to show just what could happen and how many many lives could be saved and how much good could be done if this was an, an approach that happened all year round. And obviously that can only be done with, uh, with government funding and the government will to do so. And you say there that you would really like to see provision uh, available for, for people all year round. That would take a fair bit of funding, wouldn't it? But do you think the pandemic has kind of proven that that sort of thing can happen and that, that people would come off the streets? The fact of the matter is that when the temperature rises again, um, the people 
who've been brought into this emergency accommodation now, uh, they'll have to go back out onto the streets until more permanent accommodation can be found. Um, that's really damaging. When the pandemic happened and people were brought in for a really uh, prolonged period of time, uh, charities like Porchlight were able to work with them and, and to sort of help them rebuild their lives to the point where they didn't end up on the streets again. So it proves that, you know, change can happen if, if there's the government will to do so. We, we can stop people sort of going back out onto the streets. Can you tell us a bit about the work that uh, some of your team are going to be doing this week? Presumably they will be out and about, will they, Chris, looking for people who are sleeping on the street? Yeah, so our, our team are out all the time and they know where people are sleeping. They've built up relationships with them. So they'll be going out in this weather. They'll be working with the councils. So we'll be, we'll be finding people. We'll be telling them that there's emergency accommodation available. Um, we'll be helping them contact the council so they can come inside. We'll also be supplying, um, you know, tents and and clothing and food to make sure that they're warm and they're safe. Um, so it's about making sure that they're safe first and foremost, and then helping them to access that emergency accommodation. We've also been finding out what one council in particular is doing to support the homeless. I've been speaking to councillor Jenny Wallace, who's the cabinet member for housing services at Gravesham Borough Council. Well, what happens when the temperature goes down this low, and obviously we've been monitoring the weather forecast, um, we put in uh, to being the severe weather emergency protocol, which means that our outreach workers go out to check whether anybody is on the streets or sleeping and ask them to come in. But we ask them, we can only invite them to come in um, and sometimes they don't want to. So what we then do is our outreach workers do go on out to do welfare checks and try to persuade them to come in into the warm. We do do that work actually all through the year. It isn't something we just do when it gets a bit cold. Um, but obviously with the extreme weather that's being forecast, we need to really look after our rough sleepers who may still be out there on the streets because um, even one person left on the streets is one person too many. What's the rough sleeper situation like in Gravesham at the moment? Do you know of many people that are, are out on the streets? We did the annual sweep last week and we found three rough sleepers. Um, two were known and didn't particularly want to come in. One was new and did come in. The other two, our outreach workers, have continued going out to visit them, welfare checks, taking them food, encouraging them to come in. So that's pretty good, really. It's still too many. As I said earlier, one person on the streets is one too many. But it, it's really quite good that we found only three. And our outreach workers go to all the tiny pots areas into the woods under the bridges around the arches you name it and they know it that's why they're so good at their jobs they're marvelous but as you mentioned jenny obviously we are in a cost of living crisis no one really knows what's around the corner there could be people sofa surfing at the moment who are just a, a step away from ending up on the street so i guess it's good for them to know that facilities are are available if unfortunately they do end up in that situation it is a great big problem um at the moment the current figure is we have 204 people in temporary accommodation um and those are the people known to us 
they're perhaps in hotels or they're perhaps in a, a bed and breakfast somewhere or something um, where they've lost their home. And what we're seeing is those numbers are increasing and that's increased from last week. And that's a whole nother ball game as well. But of course, the people who are sofa surfing are often single people, single men, single women, and they're sleeping on friends' sofas. Well, they can perhaps stay one or two nights, then move on. Those are the lost figures because nobody has a record of them. So if anybody knows anybody like that, and if they listen to your program, if they can be directed to them, to us, if they're within Gravesham, to Gravesham Battle Council, then we will do our utmost to help them. We will do everything within our power, um, not only to help them with um, a, a roof over their head, but are they actually able to claim the benefits normally not because they don't have a fixed address they need a fixed address so we can organize all of that and help them and that is our main reason um, we do this all the way through the year because it is so important we need to help these people to get back on their feet and then other people who are going to be confronted with homelessness who have never, ever been in this position before. Because of the cost of living, it's like getting into debt. There'll be so many people out there at the moment, they'd be terrified to put on their heating. They may have a roof over their head, but it may be an ice bucket. They may be able to only afford amount of, a certain amount of food, or they're going to a food bank, so they've got a limited food, a limited amount of food. So it, they need help and we need to do everything within our power to help them. It is huge, and we need we need more help from government, financial help. I suspect that everybody has told you that, Nicola, because it is the financial help, um, and it, it is desperate. Now, if you are in Gravesham and need help there in particular, this is the number that you can call. It's 01474 double three seven thousand that's oh one four seven four double three seven thousand or you can email rough sleeping at gravesham.gov.uk you can also contact porchlight they're at porchlight.org.uk and their helpline number is 0800 567 7699 that's 0800 567 7699 and for the first time this winter the gritters are going to be out on Kent's roads. It's as temperatures are expected to drop well below freezing overnight. We're being urged to drive carefully and watch out for any icy patches. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today. And a woman in her 70s has died after being hit by a car on Sheppey. She was knocked down on Laysdown Road near the junction with Bayview Gardens yesterday evening. A man in his 20s has been left with a serious facial injury after a violent attack in Tunbridge Wells. He was assaulted by a group of people on Mount Pleasant Road near the railway station in the early hours last month. A trucker who left two other drivers in hospital following a knife attack at a lorry park in Ashford has been jailed for 11 and a half years. Anthony Turi argued with colleagues while watching a football match in a cafe at the International Truck Stop in Sevington in May. He then hid under a trailer armed with a blade before repeatedly attacking his victims. The 33-year-old, who doesn't have a permanent address, admitted two counts of wounding with intent. Detectives are hunting a man who tried to rob a shop in Maidstone after telling staff he had a weapon. He demanded cash at the store on Boxley Road but left empty-handed. You can see a picture 
nature of the man police want to speak to at Kent Online. Now, the new man in charge of Kent Police has been telling the Kent Online podcast about his priorities as he starts his new job. Chief Constable Tim Smith has been in temporary charge since Alan Pusley retired in October. His appointment has been confirmed by the county's police and crime panel and he's been in policing for more than 30 years and has promised to tackle violence against women and girls. He's been speaking to Abby Hook from our colleagues at KMTV. It's right at the centre of our control strategy which uh, helps inform where we prioritise our resources uh, not only on a day-to-day basis but uh, all of our investment for the whole year. So it is an area that I'm hugely committed to. Uh, Many years ago now we changed our policing model to increase the number of officers who investigate those offences that have the most devastating impact, particularly on women and girls, such as domestic abuse and rape and sexual offences, and that will definitely continue in my time as the Chief. And we've seen a lot going on recently where actually police officers are in that position, possibly abusing their rights as officers. Now how can we ensure that women and girls feel like they can come forward, can come to the police, and it's not actually going to be the police hurting them? Yeah, it's a really important point, um, but uh, I'm determined that all of our staff, that the public can have trust and confidence in any police officer or any member of police staff. I recognise absolutely that there are occasions where my officers and staff fall below those standards, and when they do, we deal with them very quickly and very robustly. And here where we are actually now in Maidstone there's been, there is a lot of crime, a lot of knife crime. We've seen multiple occasions on nights out, often leaving nightclubs, um, many incidences of injuries and even death. Now how are we going to make sure that in Maidstone the streets are kept safer and what are you actually going to proactively be doing? Well uh, a big part of our changes is about putting more officers out on patrol in uniform. Uh, and there will be dedicated resources to look at, particularly those the nighttime economy, as we would describe it. So, uh, night times in towns and cities where there is the most likelihood and maybe the most risk to particularly women and girls who are out to enjoy themselves. They should do that uh, freely and without feeling like they're going to be a victim of crime. So, I'm determined we will make our public spaces as safe as we possibly can. Uh, and as I say, a big part of the changes we're planning are to see more officers uh, visible in those areas at those key times. Do you have enough police officers to be able to do this? Yes, we do. Always nice to have more, um, but we'll have more police officers next year uh, than we've ever had in Kent Police history. Uh, Over 4,100 police officers. Uh, That is, uh, as I say, uh, about a thousand more than I think our lowest point only a very few years ago. Uh, So that gives me an incredible opportunity to really make sure that those officers are focused on those key demands and those key priorities that the public want us focused on forces. And how effective do you think a tougher stance on drugs would be here in Kent? Could you wipe out county lines and dealers or would it push them further underground perhaps? Well, we've been very successful in dealing with gangs and county lines. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind that drugs is a priority because the level of violence that is used uh, by gangs who deal uh, with drugs on a day-to-day basis is very high. Uh, So we are very committed to combating those gangs and county lines. Most importantly, 
we have a very clear strategy that sees us always target those individuals who control the lines. We don't just deal with uh, people that we may find in our own county committing crime. We will follow those lines back to the line holder, the person who is supplying the drugs and the people who are committing the violence and harm in our communities. And we're very successful at that. We've locked up many people in previous years. Uh, we have dedicated teams of officers doing that, and that will not change in my time in charge. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A primary school has put COVID-like measures in place after becoming the second in Kent to confirm cases of strep A among pupils. Two youngsters have contracted the infection at Temple Grove Academy in Tunbridge Wells, with students being put into bubbles and zones in a bid to avoid it spreading. Another case had been confirmed at St john's primary yesterday which is also in the town new figures show seven more cases of diphtheria were recorded among asylum seekers in england last week one man died following an outbreak at the controversial manston processing center in thanet last month 44 cases have now been confirmed here in the southeast but the government insists the risk to the wider public remains very low a man who fired a bb gun at a domino's pizza in canterbury has avoided being sent to prison david munn took a shot at the window of the branch in Military Road in October but didn't cause any damage. A worker managed to take photos of what he was doing. The 41-year-old from Craddock Road in the city has been ordered to complete 80 hours of unpaid work. You can see those pictures by heading to the story today on the website. £10,000 worth of tools and equipment have been stolen from the Kent Wildlife Trust. A nature reserve in Seven Oaks has been broken into twice this month. Their Nashenden Down site in Rochester was also targeted by thieves in November. The charity says it has a massive impact on the work they're able to do. Now, there are fears Aldi could leave Sheppey altogether if plans for a new store on the island are turned down. The supermarket wants to build at Neats Court and close its current shop in Sheerness Town Centre, but it's been recommended for a refusal by the county's planning officer. Sheppey resident and our reporter John Nerdon joins me now. John, thanks ever so much for being on the podcast. Firstly, can you explain why Aldi want to move to a new site? Aldi says its Sheerness store off uh, Millennium Way is no longer fit for purpose because it's too small. It's more than 15 years old and half the size of modern stores, so it doesn't have the room to uh, sell the supermarket's full range of discount goods. And what are the issues as far as the council's planning boss is concerned? Well, the council says closing the Sheerness store will leave a huge hole in the town with shoppers having to rely on Tesco. Now, Aldi has been in talks with Swale Council since 2017 about moving and is adamant that the store will close regardless of any planning decision. In fact, it has already agreed to sell the plot to home bargains. It says that if it can't build its uh, £9 million flagship store at Neats Court, uh, then there just won't be any Aldis on the island. And also, with a loss of 50 jobs. So what's the feeling on the island, John? Would it be a big deal if Aldi were to leave altogether? Most islanders I've spoken to are hopping mad. Many rely on Aldi for the main shop and see a new flagship store as something to be welcomed, along with a a larger car park. But there are some in Sheerness, without cars, who would like the store to remain. Uh, A bit like um, what happened with Iceland. When Iceland moved to Neats Court, they kept their uh, their high street store in Sheerness. Finally, John, when will a decision be made? 
Yes, well, the Council's Planning Committee meets at the Apple Yard in the Avenue of Remembrance in Sittingbourne tomorrow night, uh, that's Thursday, at 7pm. John, thank you ever so much. You can also read this story today by heading to the website. Kent Online reports. A grieving woman's been slapped with a £100 parking fine while attending her father's wake at a Kent hotel. Helen Granger was sent the penalty from the Botany Bay Hotel where cars don't have to have a ticket but do need to be registered at reception. After initially being refused help, the owner's shepherd Neem stepped in and say the fine has now been cancelled. Got some housing news for you now and dozens of homes could be built next to Woodland, not far from a Kent shopping centre. There are plans for 88 new properties off Hothway near Hempstead Valley. Developers have launched a consultation to find out what you think of the idea. Meantime, more details have emerged about plans for a new garden village near Sittingbourne. The Fox Church development would include 2,500 homes, a doctor's surgery and primary school in Bobbing, not that far from the A249. The application also mentions a new sports hub, pub, community facilities and improvements to local roads. And there are plans to build 200 homes on a site in Margate that was previously earmarked for a new school. The land on Victoria Road used to be home to the Royal School for Deaf Children, but an idea to turn it into another education facility was scrapped last year. This one is for drivers. Part of the M20 is going to be closed tonight for work to reintroduce Operation Brock. You might remember we told you the Contraflow system is coming into force as highways bosses are expecting a big increase in traffic heading to the border during the Christmas holidays. There are various overnight closures between junctions 8 for Maidstone and 9 for Ashford for the rest of this week. Kent Online reports. Toys generously donated by you are being delivered to charities across Kent this week ahead of Christmas. We were inundated with presents as part of our Give a Gift appeal on our sister radio station KMFM. Toys and games will also be going to young people in care or hospital this festive season. Let's hear from some of those who've been receiving the donations over the past day or so. Fiona is from the charity Imago, which runs Kent Young Carers. The difference that they're going to make is just unreal. So the young people will be so excited uh, to receive the gifts when we drop them off. Either it might be at a party if we're running one, or it might be dropping them off um, for a family at home who might not have a gift this year to give. So now they do. So thank you so, so much. It's brilliant. Caroline Brinkman is from We Are Beams in Swanley. We support disabled children and their families with a whole menu of services that supports the whole family and today you've dropped the toys off here to our overnight residential centre. What will these donations mean to the children? Oh, you've only got to see their faces. They will be absolutely delighted. Everybody's been so worried with everything that's going on in the UK today. We've got Santa turn up for a party and we did not have the gifts so you can imagine children's faces. They will be over the moon and, and thank you so much. It's really good to know there's a strong community behind us all supporting our disabled children and giving in such a way thank you and merry christmas to you all and finally Gemma kemp is from eleanor in gravesend we are a hospice and based in gravesend and we look after people of all ages um, adults children babies uh, across north kent and bexley so our children are always so grateful to, to receive these. We'll be giving them out um, during our Santa Grotto and over our pantomime um, over the Christmas season. And we were super grateful. Um, we spend a lot of time allocating the gifts so that the toys go to, to people that um, are really sort of into those those toys. So we, um, yeah, they will, they will absolutely love them. We're really, really grateful. We want to say a huge thank you. Um, we couldn't 
put on these this gift giving without these wonderful donations and they really will make a difference to the families um, that we support and the siblings also. Again, a massive thank you from all of us if you were able to donate. Actress Jessica Hines has become a patron of a campaign to save the Lees Lift in Folkestone. It's one of only three funicular railways in the country with its original water balance system in place, but urgent repairs are needed. Jessica, who you might recognise from the Royal Family and Nativity 2, lives in the town and her husband is also getting behind the project. A popular burger place in Rochester is set to relocate. Chuck and Blade on the High Street is looking to move into the vacant Nat West building. If plans are given the go-ahead, it'll take over the ground floor of the Grade 2 listed Victorian building, which has fallen into disrepair since closing as a bank in 2017. The much larger premises will mean they can have up to 90 diners, a separate bar and seating area and a car park at the back. And a Kent hotel has been completely booked out by film crews from The Crown. They stayed at the Blazing Donkey not far from Sandwich last week while working in the nearby Discovery Park. We're told they were filming scenes connected to the death of Diana, Princess of Wales, for season six of the Netflix show, which will be out next year. Kent Online Sports. Football and the boss of Maidstone United says he's disgusted by fans who took part in vile chanting during a match. The club's been fined £2,500 following an investigation by the FA into abuse directed towards a female supporter of Dorking Wanderers in August. Several people were given warnings about their behaviour at the time. And in cricket, England's women have thrashed the West Indies by 142 runs in their latest one-day international match. Kent's Tammy Beaumont opened the batting in Antigua and scored 21 before being caught out. England have a 2-0 lead ahead of the final match of the series on Friday. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get an update of top stories direct to your email each morning. That's via the briefing. Just head to kentonline.co.uk to sign up. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.